What's up, guys? This is PC, and this is your backstage pass to the Green Room Podcast Series. What's up, guys? This is PC, and you're listening to the Green Room Podcast Series. Appreciate you guys listening in here today. Our guest is an activities director and a teacher at Bixby High School in Oklahoma, Mr. Dwayne Patterson. Dwayne, what's happening, buddy? Uh, not a lot. Just uh, trying to uh, keep uh, doing the right things here at Bixby High School today. There you go, man. I love it, man. Appreciate you joining us here. And we're going to start this thing off with a pop quiz. You ready? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. What's your favorite book? Favorite book? That's a tough one because I am not a big reader. Um, and people know that I'm easily distracted, so they can understand that. But I would say... Probably my favorite book is Another Season, written by Gene Stallings, the former head coach at the University of Alabama. I love it, man. That's awesome. Um, Would you rather talk on the phone or send a text message? Talk on the phone. Okay. Best concert that you've ever seen? Uh, The Foo Fighters, and I'm excited because I'm going to see them in about a week and a half from now. But I've seen them before, so I'm excited. Nice, man. Uh, Favorite Thanksgiving Day food? Uh, turkey and dressing. Gotcha. And last one, Oklahoma or Oklahoma State? 100% Oklahoma State. Go Pokes. There you go, man. And they lost. That was a tough one in Bedlam here about a week ago. Yeah. Did we play? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, just for like the casual fan that didn't have a stake in the game either way, like it was fun to watch. Like there are points everywhere and just like some unbelievable yeah. athletes out there for sure. I- I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> Hey, man, so let's get started here with this. Um, Talk a little bit about your history as an educator and then how you got to this point in your educational career. Um, Education wasn't the path that I set out on when I first started in college. It actually just kind of came about and had a counselor at the Oklahoma State who led me in a very good direction, Um, accepted a job. Uh, I was a special education major and accepted a job that had never been filled um, in Tulsa Public Schools and worked there for a semester um, and then uh, went over to Broken Arrow Public Schools and worked at Broken Arrow High School uh, as a special education teacher in the ID program for 14 years um, and got really involved in student activities there, was junior class sponsor. and. Um, for, for those listening, Broken Arrow graduates about uh, 1,200 students a year. So when you say you're the junior class sponsor there, you're almost the school sponsor in a lot of other schools. Um, so had a really great experience there. And then an opportunity came to uh, move over to Bixby, take an administrative position, and focus solely on a- activities. And that was just an opportunity I couldn't turn down. And so along those lines, being the activities director at Bixby High School, for the listeners that aren't familiar with an activities director and what that role entails, like explain a little bit about what that position, like what exactly that you do and some of your responsibilities that are associated with that. I try to, um, when I first explain it to people, you know, those that have attended college, I tell them, you know, it's a, it's almost like student life at a university. Um, It's your day-to-day climate. What's going on? What are we offering the students to keep them them excited, to keep them involved in the school? And one thing that I think has really changed in high school is 
to keep them wanting to come back to events at night and and just participate in things we do. So um, day to day is the planning of any type of event, service project. Um, I deal with the financials of our clubs and organizations, um, having to approve uh, expenditures and um, all the fundraisers for the entire district. So anything related to an activity program is what I work with. Got it, man. And so one of the things that really stood out to me from when I got to visit you guys here about a month ago was the number of students at your school that are involved in those extracurricular activities. And so talk a little bit about that and how you guys have been able to get so many students involved on your campus. Um, well, and I think one thing really important to point out is that I do the activities and we also have an athletic director. So I don't have to focus on both. I get to focus on one aspect of it. So I think that that does help increase our involvement in our activity side of it, um, you know, because I'm able to, to give a lot of focus to our clubs and our organizations. Um, we do track our students using the five-star student tracking system to see what they're involved in. Um, we are continuously encouraging our students to come into the activity office if they're interested in starting a new club. Um, we have guidelines they have to follow. They have to do one of three things. They have to have 10 potential members. They have to have a constitution and they have to have a certified teacher on staff to be their sponsor. And if they meet that criteria, then we let them become an organization. Um, last year, we started the Flapjack Club. I didn't think it was going to go, but they meet once a month. Then there's about 50 kids that show up and they make pancakes, um, try different recipes. It's It's pretty interesting. So I actually have to admit I like to go to their meetings <laughs> uh, and sample what they're what they're uh, making that month. Um, but also one thing that we've really stressed within our community and to the parents is um, the importance of activities. If you're like looking at going to college or Votech or anything, even applying for a job anymore, um, one of the first things on a college application is what are you involved in? What, what service have you have you completed? And so we try to express to the parents the importance of it so that they'll encourage their student as well. I love it. And so I can't remember the exact number that you told me, but you said like, was it like over 80% of your kids? We run a little over 80% of our kids are involved in something, whether that's, you know, again, the division of, for us, activities, athletics, but all of it together, we run over 80%. And that includes our virtual students, our students in our alternative academy, um, any student that's enrolled in Bixby is, is counted in that number. So we're really proud of that. Um, we have a goal from our school board um, that we will have 100% of our kids involved in something. That's a really hard goal um, to reach, but we're very proud of the number that we're at right now because we feel like we're reaching a lot of kids um, and one good thing that our system that we use to track our students does, it also allows us to generate lists of students that aren't involved in anything. And then we can start calling them in and saying, what are you interested in? Um, and, and hopefully get them into something that, that might draw them back into school a little bit more. 
For sure. Being proactive. I love it. That's awesome, man. So you've mentioned that your business community provides a great deal of support to your school. And I know that like when I was there, I saw like Chick-fil-A boxes everywhere. I know they're involved with you and helping with the student and staffity recognition. For someone that's trying to get started with growing business community partnerships, what advice would you offer on how to proceed in that area? Um, I, I would say you have to be, you have to talk, you have to communicate with with those businesses in your community. Um, you have to ask them, what can I do for you? Um, most of the businesses are very willing to jump in. Again, you mentioned Chick-fil-A, who's been a phenomenal support for us. Um, Cane's, uh, Raising Cane's Chicken has also been great for us. I don't know what it is with the chicken thing, but it's a big, it's a big hit here at the high school. Um, but uh, um, going out and talking and supporting them, let them know that we appreciate what you do, but we're going to in turn promote you and let you know, let people know the great things you do for our school. Um, you know, and a lot of those, a lot of those companies, they like to be in the school. They like to see the positive impact they're having. So invite them to come in and see this is the result of what you do. Um, the uh, the uh, proprietor of the local Raising Canes, he loves to come in and we do once a month a Canes explosion where we just find a student that does good things but isn't typically recognized and we give everybody in that class Canes for lunch because that student was selected as the student of the day and that administrator, I mean that uh, the the uh, proprietor of that of that restaurant loves to come down and be a part of that and so you know it, it's a give and take um it, the, some of the students laugh they say they see me eat at canes and chick-fil-a a lot um and i like them i'll admit that but the other side of it is i pay back i want them to see me in their restaurant and that's a way that i can thank them of me going in and sitting down and eating and and paying for my meal because i know we're going to get it back tenfold that's like I can't you couldn't have said it any better I think that's a huge key is it's a partnership it's not a sponsorship it's a partnership and, and what can we do as the school community to give back and to include those businesses within the walls of what we have going on as well and I think I picked on, up on that at my former school district because we actually had a program called partners in education and I think that that is so key because these people are so willing to do things for your school district um, we have a group of parents in Bixby that have started um, a, a campaign called Bridge the Gap. And in that campaign, they are just raising money to help with some of the budget shortfalls from the state of Oklahoma. And last year, they raised over $100,000 in our community just for the schools. So our community is outstanding to us. But as employees of the school and students of the school, you have to recognize that. Um, a big part of leadership and student activities is appreciation, and you have to show them that you appreciate what they're doing. You're exactly right. So you guys hosted the Oklahoma Student Council Conference a few years back, and now you guys are hosting that same event again next year. Talk a little bit about what goes into the planning of something like that, you know, an event of that magnitude, and then what you guys are going to do different this time based on what you learned from your previous experience. Well, I think that, um, you know, any of your listeners that have been to a state conference, they kind of have an idea of it. Um, I think Oklahoma's student council conference is a little bit different because we kind of go maybe a little over the top. 
Um, so, the, so everyone gets an idea. In 2013, we hosted our budget was about $180,000. Um, and that that all falls on my student council and my kids to raise that money through, you know, the registration of those coming, but also donors and everything. Um, the planning, the planning is everything from the food they eat to the speakers that you hire to the security in the parking lot to um, you know, getting getting the hotels for which they should stay in. It's every single aspect of the convention, and it's student led, um, and which is such it's such good skills that they take away from uh, this. They take business skills. They take the ability to put together a presentation, go in and meet with um, with a corporate potential corporate sponsor and talk to them about um, the possibilities of sponsoring the convention. Um, you kind of mentioned what's going to be different. What did we learn? The big difference for us this year is the previous time we hosted, we knew four years out that we were going to host. So those students, since they were freshmen, had been going and seeing everything. Um, this year, um, another school had to uh, drop from hosting, and so they came and asked us to do it on a year's notice. Uh, so my students that are putting on the convention next year have never even seen the convention. So we're actually attending this coming weekend and it'll be their first exposure. So we're going to try to do four years work in one year. So, um, there will be a little bit of difference in that aspect. Good. You know, we're very excited to host it again. It's a great opportunity for our kids. It's also a great challenge. And, you know, I'm a believer that, you know, I sometimes tell tell my students, I apologize to them, I say, maybe I push you too hard. But if you push them and you know and you expect them to succeed, they'll do it. But you have to believe that they'll do it. And you just have to let them know that this is what I expect. And um, again, sometimes maybe my expectations are, are a little bit high. But my students always seem to reach it for me and go above and beyond. So um, it's all about the expectations you put on them. And, uh, and, and that, what you expect, most of the time you'll get from the kids. Um, they, they like to please and they like to show, you know, the, off their work. So it's, it's, a, it's a great experience. Um, and, you know, this time next year, if you do this interview with me about three days out from the convention, it might be a really different interview. <laughs> <But> <laughs> no, I, I agree 100 percent, man. I have no doubt that you guys are going to totally rock that thing out. I'd love to actually like see it myself, you know, because I'm sure right. you guys are going to kill it, man. Right. It'll be good. It's, it's going to be good. It's gonna I'm be excited good. about our theme. I, um, our theme is, is a little bit unique. So uh, um, I am excited about that. Um, we've not announced our theme. It'll be announced this weekend, but I will go ahead and 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 kind of let you all in that um, we we kind of took a different a different angle on our theme. Our theme is um, change your paradigm. We didn't just do leadership, you know, through the ages or something like that. We 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 talked about that leaders need to continuously change and look at things from a different angle, and that's how they improve. And it's good for us to look at individuals for who they are and, and their strengths and weaknesses and help them utilize their strengths. And how, how do we help them overcome their weaknesses? 
and not just expect everybody to fit in the same mold. And so that's, that's kind of where we've come from with our theme is change your paradigm. Um, we'll be wearing T-shirts the first day of the convention that say it's time to rethink everything. And we kind of put a twist on it. Instead of putting the, um, the design on the front, on the, on the left chest, we put it on the right because who says that's wrong? So it kind of goes along with the theme of changing your paradigm. That's awesome, dude. I love it. I love it, man. So a lot of times student council can become like this popularity contest. And it's the same group of kids that participate in all of the activities that are associated with it. What are some of the key strategies and events that you guys have implemented at Bixby that have been successful in including students from, you know, all the different groups and all the different backgrounds? Right. Um, the first thing is I, I struggle with the word popular and, um, you know, I, I often tell, you know, people will say, well, only the popular kids get elected to things. And I say, you know, my response is actually, no, it's the nice kids because you're not going to vote for someone you don't like. <laughs> um, so I do, I do kind of struggle with that word a lot of times. Um, as for our student council, it's an open organization. Anyone can join at any time. We do have six officers, but outside of the elected six officers, if you want to come, you come. Um, recently, our student council put together a trick-or-treating event through the high school with our FFA program. And so the officers of those two organizations worked together and planned it. And then the FFA um, students were coming to the student council meetings. So, you know, it's a great mix. We look at, at doing anything like that that we can. Um, we do a big service project called The Big Event, and it's a Saturday where we do service projects all over the community. And last year we had over four, and that's sponsored by our Interact Club. And again, that's open for people to join at any time. Last year we had over 400 students show up that Saturday morning to go out and do service projects around the Big Speed community. Um, so, you know, we like to do things, um, keep our organizations open. Um, because, you know, some, some of our organizations, National Honor Society, you have your criteria that you have to have to get in. And so we try to take student council and say it is, we call it Spartan council. And it's, if you're a Spartan, you're a member. Um, so that, that's what we do with that. Um, also, um, you know, a lot of times people talk about, well, I see the same kids at everything, you know, and you talk about popularity with that. And one of my students a few years ago, I have to give Haley Hogan credit, she said, the reason they see us at everything is because we're the ones that show up and do it. And she's right. So it is hard because sometimes people will say, well, I see the same kids every time doing everything, but they're the ones that show up. And so um, you kind of have to get that balance of, of you, you do have to sometimes, you know, sit, look, talk to people about, but these are my kids that are showing up and working. But um, also we offer, you know, everyone always says you have to give kids a good education. And I always say we have to offer it. They have to take it. You know, it, it, again, it's, it's like we talked about partners in education um, with businesses. It's the same with our students and with student activities. So we offer them the opportunity to get involved in a variety of things. And we talk to them about it. But there is a side that they have to take. You're exactly right with that. And so, that, like, I love that. I love that open enrollment type 
feel, you know, to where, like you said, anybody can be included in that. Like, that's, that's awesome, man. And so you talked a little bit earlier about the Raising Canes and like the surprise lunch for the student that gets selected every month. What are maybe two or three of your other favorite things that you guys do there to recognize and include all students and faculty members? Um, we do, uh, we do a star teacher certificate. Um, that's something really simple that we just made a certificate and, um, and it says, uh, the name of the, we, we write on it, the name of the teacher. Uh, so it might say, Mr. Patterson was seen at, and we put the, the event and the date, and then the student that fills it out signs their name and we put it up outside their classroom door. And it's to recognize those faculty members that are coming to events at night. And that means they're giving up their time. And that's something we've really focused on with our students for them to understand and realize when there is an event after school and the faculty faculty members are there, the faculty members are there, that it's really important that we recognize that they're giving up their time um, with their family and doing things uh, outside of school. So that is one thing we've done. Um, another thing that we've done that it's it's kind of funny because it seems very elementary, but we do a birthday wall here at the high school and we put um, this month we have turkeys on it and every kid's name is on a turkey and um, and we write the day of their birthday. Our student store gives them a discount the entire month if they want to go in and shop their birthday month. And then a lot of them will go the day of their birthday and take down whatever the little cutout is from the Ellison machine and wear it on the day of their birthday. But everybody likes to know that this is where they belong. And there's no better way to know it than seeing your name. Um, another thing is also during our homecoming week, uh, all of our different grade levels do a hall decoration, uh, really elaborate hall decorations. And one thing they must incorporate is um, every student in their class's name has to be incorporated in their design somehow. So a lot of them will hang stars or different things, but every star has one of their students' names. And again, you'll see students walking in the hall trying to find their name. Um, the last thing we do is we print large pictures from events of a wide variety, variety of kids and we put them up in our hallway. Um, and that way kids can see their face and they see that it, it almost is, I mean, it's like walking down the hall in your, in your house and seeing pictures of your family. I heard a student say, it's like our own Instagram here in the hall. So, um, you know, I, I think the thing we like to do is we like to show off our kids, but we like to show them off to each other and make them real think that this is their home. This is their home for eight hours a day, five days a week. And some of them are here a lot longer than that. You know, our, our band students are here way into the evening. And so we need to make this feel like a place that, that they that they belong and, and we feel like our students do. Super powerful stuff, man. Awesome, awesome ideas. And so a lot of teachers have, you know, some great ideas that they want to use for school improvement, but they can't get their administration on board to like buy in and give them a chance. What advice would you give to those educators? And a lot of times students ask the same question. You know, they're trying to spearhead change in their building, but they need help with like convincing their administration to give them that opportunity. Right. Um, I worked with a local school actually um, a couple years ago. Uh, great little side story and I, I talked to them and we came up with some ideas for them 
And I said, you're going to have to just stick with it. And about a year later, the sponsor called me one day after school and she said, we had a pep rally today and I'm about to cry because it actually finally happened. Um, but what we talked about was choose two or three things, two or three things you want to see change or you want to implement and just drive it all year long. Oftentimes in education, we say, all right, we're going to try this and try this and try this. And we end up overwhelming people and they don't know what we want. And you, you've given them 10 new ideas a year and, and educators and administrators are busy. The classroom is a busy place. And when I go in and I say, I want you to do one more thing to them, that's one more thing to do. So um, for a teacher that's really wanting to try something different, I say find two to three things that it is you really want to see the change in and you just do it all year long and then you keep the results, write down the things you've seen, have kids talk about the difference that it's made. Um, and, and that's where I think you get your victories. But I think sometimes we try too much too quick. And also I always tell people this, kids are very funny. If you try something the first time and it fails, they're never coming back and they're putting it on social media that it was bad and their friends are never coming. So the first time you do anything or try anything, it's got to be good. That's exactly right. You talk about, yeah, the power of social media right there, right? Yeah, the kids will burn you really quick on social media to let people know this wasn't good and they're never coming back. Right, right. And it can be just the opposite too. Like you said, if you're prepared. Absolutely. Yeah, and you put off that Absolutely. tremendous event, like they can they can blow it up too. So they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna tell everybody how great it was and next year you'll see your attendance go up and up and up. We've seen that with our homecoming dance here. Our attendance just keeps increasing every year. It's awesome, man. So when you compare student engagement and enthusiasm towards school, it falls off drastically from the elementary school level to the high school level. And so like my son's in the second grade and he like loves going to school. Like he doesn't want a snow day. He doesn't want to miss school for anything. Like he's so excited to get there. But then like I look on social media and I'm looking at high school students that absolutely despise going to school every day. What can we do to change that as educators? And then why do you think that happens? I think it goes back to my answer a couple of questions ago about the home feel, um, about creating a place that they want to be and they want to be there every day and they feel like they belong. Um, oftentimes, a high school, we become somewhat generic. You know, it's the, you know, I, I was guilty of, I put up a bulletin board and I put it up with nice material so I could leave it up for five years and never change it. Um, and, and it worked really well for me, <laughs> but, but um, was it the best thing for, for the students? You know, I look back on that and I think, was I making it a room where they wanted to be every day? I, I think it goes back to pictures of them and, 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 um, and their names on the wall, somewhere they feel like they belong. Um, I also think finding ways to engage parents at the high school level is huge. Um, I'm continuously calling parents and just talking with them. Um, I had one of my students actually yesterday go, you don't need to call my mom and tell her about this. And I was like, it's a good thing. She goes, I know, but you don't need to tell her. And I go, well, I probably will. Um, but we, we try to contact parents. We try to contact parents with positive phone calls. Our assistant principals do positive behavior referrals. 
and they contact parents. Um, getting parents involved at the secondary level is, is so critical. Um, I actually had a parent tell me not long ago that she worked while her kids were in elementary, but she stopped working when they got in middle school because she thought that in elementary, they went to school and they were there and she knew where they were. But in, in middle school and high school, she felt like this was the time they needed her more. And the more I thought about it, so many times people do the opposite. They don't work when their children are in elementary school. But then when they get to the secondary is whenever, you know, I really think the parents, we've got to keep an eye on our students and work with them. But parent involvement's huge, 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 huge. 100%. That's awesome. And like, it's just one of those crazy things like parent teacher conference night at the elementary school level. It's packed. Like there's everywhere. Adult supporters are everywhere. But then like at the high school, so oftentimes it's just empty, you know? And, and that, so that's actually a topic that we discussed about two weeks ago. Um, and, you know, some people will say, well, that means I'm doing my job because my kids are doing, you know, uh, some, sometimes teachers say, well, I'm doing my job because if I don't have a lot of conferences, it means everybody's doing well in my class. But um, still making that contact with the parents is is just so critical. And, and getting parents to still come to stuff at the high school is something we, we beg for. Um, again, very fortunate in Bixby with our community and our parents. Their involvement is just second to none. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, even their fundraising just to help help with the shortfalls uh, of budget. Um, so, so we're fortunate with that. And I think that's one reason we see the results we, we get. I love it, man. So you guys do 5 million things like all the time, it seems like. And I know that you've got the student council conference that you're planning for, but outside of that, talk about a new idea or a project for this school year that you're super excited about. So what I, again, we've really tried to take this year and focus on some teacher appreciation. And um, in my leadership class, we're divided into five committees and I have a recognition committee. And one of their ideas that they're doing is um, we just have a, a, a rolling cart from the media center. And once a month, they decorate that cart and they put different treats or they get people to donate. They uh, One student's parent works for a pharmaceutical uh, company and so they get ink pens and notepads and they roll their cart around to the teachers rooms once a month and they give them things off the cart and that's a little thing but um, you know I, it's something in Oklahoma we have to really focus on is our teachers because of the budget shortfall and we're losing teachers to other states in Oklahoma and we have to make a conscious effort our students, including our students, to let our teachers know they're appreciated and what a great job they're doing, um, because it's not a, it's not an easy job to begin with. And so um, I'm excited because of, of, the, of, of what they're doing, but I'm also excited because, this again, the students are learning to appreciate. And teaching appreciation is not easy. Teaching empathy is not an easy um topic that's something I was actually talking with someone the other day saying I want to know how to teach empathy better and I, I'm struggling with how do I teach that so when I can see students doing something from the side of they're appreciating someone else 
that makes me really happy. So I'm really I'm excited about the recognition of our of our scaffolding this year. I love that, man. And I think a lot of times we get so caught up with the kids that sometimes we do forget about the other adults in the building. And, and there's so many adults that feel like nobody sees them, you know? And, and that's what we talked, you know, again, you know, I mentioned earlier, we, we try to, I try to stress with the students. When there's an event at night, there's faculty, staff, teachers, staffly there. And that means they're giving up their time for your events. And that's a huge thing for them to learn because you have, you know, you have people on your staff that have small children and they could be home with their family, but they're giving up that time for them. And, um, and that's a huge, huge piece we've tried to really get the students aware of this year. No doubt, man. Well, Dwayne, it took me about two minutes of talking to you when I first met you here a month ago to realize that you're just an absolute rock star educator, man. Can't say thank you enough for everything that you do for not only your kids and your staff members in your school, but just for the world of education because our world as educators is better because of people like you, man. Thank you. I greatly appreciate that. We try. We try our best. Well, you're killing it, dude, man. Guys, you've been listening to the Green Room Podcast Series. Thanks so much for tuning in. Chase your dreams, kids.